Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We are examining the second list of three lists that Paul has for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. The first one was a list of the trials and barriers and obstacles that the Apostle Paul himself faced in his ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is indicating that we too, as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, can expect hardship, difficulties, sacrifices in order to serve Christ, and we need to be ready for that. And so he gives us a list of nine things that he faced in verses 4 and 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. But then he moves from that list of nine to a second list of nine, which is nine qualities, nine graces, nine attributes that we need to build into our lives in order to overcome those obstacles and in order to be effective servants of Christ. And I've only gotten to the first item on the list so far on the last three broadcasts because that one is so absolutely critical and is under such assault in our day that it must be considered carefully and we must, by God's help and grace, develop determination that we are going to fight for purity in our lives. And that's the first one, by purity. Purity, knowledge, long-suffering, kindness, the Holy Spirit, sincere love, the word of truth, the power of God, the armor of righteousness are the nine items in this list of the qualities we need in order to succeed in our service for the Lord Jesus Christ. But that first one, purity, moral purity, is, I think, one area where Satan has gained a great foothold, not even just in American society, but even in American churches. And if we only knew, oh my, if we only knew, it would probably be better that we don't, but I've I've read some, some people who have studied these things, and they tell us that that a great majority of American Christians, members of Bible-believing churches, are involved in pornography at some level. Well, on the one hand, that's not surprising because it is so prevalent. As I've said before, you don't have to go looking for it in our day. It goes looking for you. You have to fight against it. You have to shield your eyes from it. You have to say, no, no. 
no, no, and push back. If you don't, you're going to be immersed in it. But once you succumb, then it sucks you in deeper, 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 more, 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 until minds are thoroughly saturated with impurity. And how can we be good servants of the Lord Jesus Christ when that is going on in the minds of so many Christians in America? Not only just men, but also women, probably a higher percentage of men and boys, but it's also going on among the young ladies and and other women as well in our day. It is a battle. It must be understood. It must be resisted. We must be willing to fight against it. We have to start by acknowledging that it is a serious sin. It's a serious problem. It's not, as some people have justified it among themselves in their own minds, by saying, well, I'm not actually involved in an immoral relationship. I'm not doing that. This is just... In my mind, that's that's not a big deal. Oh, yes, it is, because it's impurity. It's an impure mind. And we've got to acknowledge that this is wrong. We've got to fight against it. Don't you remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? He said, you've heard that it has been said, you shall not commit adultery, and that, of course, is what One of the Ten Commandments is, the Seventh Commandment out of the Ten, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus goes on to, to expand, to elaborate upon that commandment and show us that it's not only dealing with physical, immoral relationships, getting involved with another person. There's there's certainly... Way more of that going on, even among Christians, than there ought to be. But it is in the mind. He says, I say unto you that if a man looks at a woman for the purpose of lusting after her, he's committed adultery already in his heart, folks. Folks, you can't, you can't expose yourself to pornography without violating what Jesus said. In other words, you can't expose yourself to pornography, soft or hard, without committing mental adultery. Looking upon a woman for the purpose of lusting after her in your heart. That's exactly what is involved in this. That is the impurity that is rendering the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ so spiritually powerless and impoverished in our day. We're playing at church, we're going through the motions, we're attending services, we're listening to sermons, we're singing songs of praises to God, and yet in so many cases hearts are filled with impurity that just goes on and on and on and on and on and is is an addiction that must be stopped. It must be addressed. Well, I've gone much further than I normally do without pausing and welcoming you you to this Thursday, February 2 edition of the Beacon Broadcast, thanking you for listening today and thanking you for the financial gifts that keep us teaching God's Word on this station. 
Yes, we've got to battle for purity. That's the first item in this list. We've got to battle for purity. It won't, we won't have pure minds. We won't have pure hearts. We won't have pure attitudes and pure conduct if we don't fight against the immorality that is all around us. We've got to understand the importance of this. But it goes on. Purity is the first one, but verse 6 goes on to say, by knowledge. We've got to have knowledge if we're going to be effective servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this means to have a comprehensive knowledge of God's Word. Obviously, new Christians can't be expected to have a thorough knowledge of God's Word right out of the gate. (laughs) That's what you do. That's what you do after you become a Christian is... Study the Word of God. What does the Great Commission say? Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing those who are disciples, whom the Holy Spirit has has caused to respond to the preaching of the gospel. And that's the way disciples are made, when the Holy Spirit opens hearts and, and causes people to respond to the message of the gospel. And they're regenerated, they're born into the family of God. And so those who become disciples are baptized, but then becoming a disciple is is conversion, but being a disciple is a lifelong process. And so the, the Great Commission goes on to say, teaching them, these disciples who the Holy Spirit has regenerated and who have been baptized in water as a testimony of their allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ, those who have been made disciples, we are to teach them everything that Christ taught his disciples, and that'll take a lifetime. Nobody becomes an expert in God's Word in a week or a month or a year, but that ought to be our goal to become experts in God's Word. I remember when I first entered the ministry a long time ago, many decades ago, I had a a pretty impressive pretty impressive record of of uh, formal training behind me. I won't go into all of that, but I have been exposed to Christian teaching really virtually all of my life. I, I was was graced by God to be raised by Christian parents in Bible-believing churches and was, was, was enabled to go to uh, Christian schools where I was taught the Word of God as a boy growing up. And then on into higher education in Christian schools and in graduate studies and so forth. So I had an enormous amount of Christian teaching, years and years and years and years and years of it, all the way from elementary level right on up through some that was very advanced. But I remember when I got into the pastorate and started studying and preaching, 
I realized I don't know as much as I thought I did. I thought I was coming into the the pastorate with a pretty good reservoir of Bible knowledge. And as I started my ministry, I realized that reservoir isn't nearly as deep as I imagined it to be. I think I'm still a novice. I'm going to have to get serious about studying the Bible if I'm going to be able to teach others the Bible. It's going to take a whole lot more before I before I think I'll be able to say I am now a knowledgeable teacher of God's Word. Well, if that's true of someone who's trained for ministry and has even been called by a church to pastor, then how much more true must that be of the average Christian that we don't the average Christian doesn't have nearly as much knowledge of God's word as some of them think they do some of you think you do and certainly not as much as we need to be effective servants of the Lord Jesus Christ so the first item we need is purity and that's going to have to be a battle a determined battle but the second quality we need is knowledge and that's also going to have to that's going to require some discipline. We're going to have to discipline ourselves to be lifelong students of the Bible. And many Christians are not readers. They're not students. They didn't enjoy school. They just got did the least they could to get by. They were not serious readers, never have been. And folks, you're going to have to change your mind about some of these things. You're going to have to ask God to give you a determination and a taste and a desire. And I've seen God do that. I've seen God do that many times, to give people a hunger to study the Word of God, people who had no interest in studying anything until they became Christians and had a real real hunger to study God's Word. That's what we need. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.